0: Back with you on this great day in the USA, and welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America, a land of the free, the land of the free home of the brave, and it is time for men and women of courage now to step forward, step forward and be counted. If you do not, then surely the very gifts that we have been given, the blessings that we have been bestowed upon us as Americans from sea to shining sea can in fact go away uh yeah yeah they can, and quite frankly, you do not want that, do you uh you're listening to some around the country and and the way that uh many have um embraced the idea of our borders being overrun, you would think that they don't care if it goes away and if it falls into the hands of those who have no stake in the American game. No no real stake in it. You see, only when you become a citizen of this country are you actually staking your claim to what America has to offer anyone can live anywhere without any real attachment to where they are living or allegiance to it the whole idea behind nation you can look at the nation of Israel there's a there's an, an allegiance to the nation. I never will forget um, when Jane and I uh, traveled over to Israel about five, five, six years ago now. We were on the plane with a bunch of uh, Israeli students who had been visiting in the United States. Listen to this. As we approached uh, Tel Aviv, we landed in Tel Aviv. As we approached Tel Aviv, and as when the, the, the wheels of the airplane touched down on Israeli soil, they began to sing... Their nation's national anthem on air El air El air, air, air i think it was yeah l air is, is the was the the aircraft they began to sing their national anthem, and folks there was no sound. On that plane, other than them singing their national anthem, nation where they had their allegiance in the State of Israel was so evident all encompassing the love that they had for their country. I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, my goodness. I I tell you something, though. uh, I've traveled uh, to many parts of of the world. In fact, I got to have on a good friend of mine, uh, a colleague of mine, actually, uh, at Word of God Ministries, uh, Brian uh, Grisham, who has uh, traveled far more expensively internationally than I have, uh, to come and tell you about uh, Israel. Uh, They just are a team of uh, missionaries from our church have just returned from Israel. And I need to have Brian on to tell you about Israel. But uh, in the parts of the the world that I've traveled, Brazil, and yes, the Middle East, and uh, I I want to tell you this. I'm always glad to get back here. Now, I may not burst out singing uh, the national anthem, <laughs> hey, you might not want to hear that, anyway. But anyway, I may not burst out singing the national anthem, but I could sure kiss the ground. That that is that is no no kidding. You go to South America and uh down in rio de janeiro uh you hear about rio and and all of the uh, fun and festivities that go on there but there's abject poverty there too the amazon i've been up the amazon and uh you, there there is no internet connections uh uh-uh. uh and even in some places like Macio, um brazil yeah <laughs> You have Internet connection, but you have to go down to a place that resembles a library or a little store or something where they have these old computers. About 20 of them, you know, at a time and um, you can access the Internet there and you might as well be on dial up. And coming from a generation that didn't even have dial up (laughs) when I was growing up. It it, it it even seems strange to me for that to come out of my mouth that they don't even have dial-up now that I have become spoiled to, uh, you know, the 4G network and all that type thing, soon to be looking at 5Gs, you know, gigs and all of that. But as far as uh, direct T V or uh, Xfinity or any of that kind of stuff, uh uh-uh. uh. Don't have it. Don't have it. And so, my point is this that things have changed so rapidly in this country that we take things for granted not understanding just how blessed we have been from sea to shining sea and how all of that can go away. Venezuela was one of the most prosperous nations in the Western Hemisphere. When Hugo Chavez the dictator before uh this dictator became came into power but chavez was all about socialism hugo chavez was all about socialism which means that the government should provide the sustenance Dictate the livelihood and how the citizenry should live, how much they should earn. And a country that was the most prosperous in the West, one of the most prosperous in the Western Hemisphere with all of their natural resources is now what you're seeing on television descending into Hades because of political policy. And I think I said this to you a couple of days ago, and I want you to hear me on this. I, want you, I think I said this to you a couple of days ago. These these political contests that we are having, they have to become more than just beauty contests. Who has the whitest teeth and uh, who seems to prick the emotions the most and, and, and all of that? That is a bunch of hooey if there is no policy and, of course, principle that go along with the speech and the white teeth being flashed. Nothing wrong with having personality. No, no, no. Nothing wrong with having character. Being a character even is is uh, is is desirable if you're the right kind of character. But you got to have some principle and substance. And as we're seeing on Capitol Hill, I want you to watch closely the difference in the sour grape approach that the Democrats take to William Barr and soon to be Robert Mueller and the way the Republicans approach him. There seems to be a difference in character. And friends, that's important. That is important to consider. As we move forward here in our nation. Now, speaking of a character. Let's talk a minute here about Joe Biden. Joe Biden looks like at this point in time, the odds on favorite. To take on Donald John Trump. I think you can eliminate um, Beto O'Rourke. He's proven to be a clown. Oh, yeah, he's proven to be a clown. I'm just going to tell you the truth. He's been proven to be a clown. And uh, no real, nothing in the suit. Nothing in the suit whatsoever. Kamala Harris, uh, maybe she poses a threat, but there's one thing Kamala's not going to be able to get away from, even though she's trying to distance herself right now. Kamala is going to have to run away from the fact that when she was uh, prosecuting attorney in the state of California, she was merciless in sending black men and Latinos to jail. (laughs) Oh yeah. And now she's trying to run away from her record, which I think is, um, if, if if they broke the law and they deserve to go to jail, then put them in jail. But don't run for president now uh, saying that somehow there's too many Latinos and blacks in jail. Well, you put them there. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, you going to have a—and, and, you know, Trump has a way of uh, wrapping that kind of thing around your head. Huh? Yeah uh Pocahontas won't um uh, she's she's fading Bernie Sanders is down about eight points yeah he's down about eight points Spartacus um Cory Booker uh not quite ready for prime time Cory even though I know you think you are you are just not ready for prime time brother I've met Barack Obama now I can't I cannot say that Barack Obama was a friend of mine, but I've met Barack Obama. And I've met you, Corey. And let me tell you, Corey, you're no Barack Obama. <laughs> oh boy. And you know, Corey, you're you're not. It, 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 regardless of how how you what you may think of Barack, Barack. Had this million dollar smile, and one thing he had that you cannot buy charisma. That ain't that's not you. I since I had since I've had on uh oh, Od- um, Caden Odell, uh, I'm very cognizant now of my speech. I'll be back to normal tomorrow. I go ahead and say it that ain't you, Corey. That ain't you, and so uh, you're you're out. Bernie Sanders is down eight points. And Biden, since he announced, even though he was leading the field even before he got in, he was leading the field before he got in. But Biden, since he announced, is even up nine more points. Up nine over Bernie. So Bernie's beginning to fade. And one of the things that helped Bernie fade was the lunacy of wanting – Prisoners, even those on death row, according to Bernie, for heinous crimes, oh me, I mean heinous crimes, Bernie said they still have the fundamental right to vote, That's Bernie, and even those who were you know pretty strong Bernie supporters. Uh, Bernie's asking the question now, will you also go away? (laughs) Oh, oh man. Bernie did well, though. I mean, he had a best-selling book. Made him a millionaire. And I'm glad for Bernie because for the first 50 years of Bernie's life, Uh, Well, he was, at at best, what you would call a near-do-well, lived for a long time in his mom's house, Uh, never had really a job until he got elected uh, to office, and he was fortunate enough to marry a woman with money. There is no legislation of any merit that has Bernie Sanders' name on it, yet He wants to be president of the United States. There is no buildings that he can point to that he has built. uh, Nothing that he has done. But Bernie's claim to fame, he's a socialist. And the young people dig him. Oh, they think he's cool. But after Bernie said what he said about even those who have committed heinous crimes should have the right to vote, even those who thought he was cool now may be suspecting that he's crazy. I know I've told you how I felt about Bernie, and I always felt that Bernie was crazy. (laughs) So what do they have left? Who do they have? Well, well, you got uh, Mayor Pete, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the openly gay uh, mayor uh, there in Indiana. He has uh, he has charisma. Yeah, he does. He does have it. He does definitely. Got it. you can't buy it. You can't. He has charisma, but uh, like Spartacus, Cory Booker, Mayor Pete. I don't think America's ready for you, Bo. Not yet. If uh, we fail in 2020, I have a feeling that we'll be ready ready for you. Because the stage, if we fail in 2020, the stage will be set for anything that can go. So that's why we must not fail. All hands on deck. We cannot fail in 2020. I'll be back after these words. You've got to hear what the presumptive front runner of the Democrat Party for president has said in the past, and what he's saying now. Was Bernie lying then? I mean, if, or is Bernie lying now? <laughs> be right back. <laughs>
1: Are lifted high. Our hearts are
0: bowing in reverence. Folks, I have to make a correction. I said, was Bernie lying then, or is Bernie lying now? Well, you could ask that about Bernie, no doubt about it. But uh, I meant, was uh, Joe, Uncle Joe Biden lying then, back in 1975, or is he lying now? Or maybe, maybe, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, or has he evolved well, let's look at what I'm talking about here. 1975. A statement from Joe Biden. He told People Paper, a Delaware based weekly newspaper, in 1975, and I quote I do not buy the concept popular in the 60s, which said we have suppressed the black man for 300 years. And the white man is now far ahead in the race for everything our society offers. In order to even the score, we must now give the black man a head start or even hold the white man back to even the race. I don't buy that. Biden said in 1975, he went on to say, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father or grandfather. He continued at the time. I feel responsible for what the situation is today for the sins of my own generation. And and I'll be. Uh, damned is what he said, if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. Biden went on to say, I suppose, I oppose, I oppose busing. It's an asinine concept the utility of which has never been proven to me. I've gotten to the point where I think our only recourse to eliminate busing may be a constitutional amendment. That, my friends, was Joe Biden in 1975. He went on to say... The new integration plans deal uh, the in- new integration plans being offered are just r- are really just quota systems to assure a certain number of blacks, chicanos or whatever in each school. That to me is the most racist concept you can come up with he said. Let me stop right there. I agree with Joe Biden in nineteen seventy five. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree with that Joe Biden from nineteen seventy five. Because, hey, listen, I, I came out of the integrated schools, right? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, first schools that I, I went went to up until the uh, seventh grade. Up until the seventh grade, all the schools that I went to, the school that I went to was, in a, was segregated. It was a segregated school. Came out of the segregated schools. Uh, up until the seventh grade integration hit and, you know, we all, you know, began to mix up and all that kind of thing. But I didn't get any smarter. Just because. I was sitting next to a white kid. Oh, oh, you, you, you I know, I know you may be shocked at what I'm saying, but Joe Biden back in 1975 was absolutely right. It was a it was a quota system to put, uh, you know, as many black and Chicanos. And of course, we didn't have to worry about Chicanos much uh, in Shreveport. It wasn't many. Uh, I could point, count them on one hand uh, that went to the schools that I went to. Yeah. But it was a quota system. Uh, actually, I did better academically In the segregated school, not saying that integration is bad, don't get me wrong. But there was something that I knew about the black teacher that was teaching me in the segregated schools. And that was they wanted me to succeed. There was no question about it. The turmoil that erupted behind integration wasn't necessarily... Uh, brought about because of desegregating the schools the turmoil came about over people being forced to leave their environments their neighborhoods because the government said they had to if in fact you want a society that is prospering you just make it available to the parents to send their children to the schools where they will feel their kid will get the best education now i don't get me wrong i do understand the the forced integration back then, because uh, if we would have allowed the parent to have the chance to do it, the way the mindset of people were then, that would have been fighting and and, and turmoil anyway. Okay? And there would not have been the uh, massive infusion of getting to know you type of uh, uh, move that, that, that did happen, that would not have happened. But after you did the experiment, then what you want to do is make the schools and the materials in the schools equal, because coming out of a segregated black school, coming out of segregated schools, there's one thing I can tell you. That our books were not as good as the books that I was exposed to once integration came, that's true. Our books were old second hand, and all that kind of stuff you know castoffs um you know they weren't the new editions, and so A lot of things that were updated and a lot of information that were in uh, the the segregated school books, the black school books at the time, you know, the, the, the books in the white schools were much more advanced. So the remedy was not necessarily to force the kids to be together, but make sure that they were getting the same education. That was that that was that was the important thing. But. The social engineers decided to, you know, do it their way and just force the races together, not saying that. that, Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm simply saying that the method. As far as busing was concerned. Was not a good thing. And we still suffer from the pains and pain of that to this day. We really, we're still talking about it. 1975, we're certainly talking about it. As I was uh, saying uh, to my first guest uh, today, you know, I was, uh, I was a first year, when Joe Biden said this, I was a first year college student at LSU in Shreveport, Louisiana, 1975. Yeah, I got the yearbook to prove it. <laughs> First year, and I was on the debate team, okay? And this busing had been, uh, and when I was in high school, busing was one of the affirmative topics of debate. And uh, so we went through that. I've debated this issue years and years and years ago. I've debated this issue years and years ago. And I know that uh, this was a hot button thing then. And I agree with Joe Biden when he said that this new integration plans being offered are really just quota systems to assure a certain number of blacks and Chicanos or whatever in each of the schools. That's a true statement, Joe. It was a quota system. And it, 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 the affirmative action of it uh, began to uh, leak into the marketplace when the only thing necessary was to do what Dr. King had suggested. Uh, let's judge people by the character and not the color. Because that too has had long-term effects. Now you place people in positions, and you denigrate others because of the color of the skin. Yeah, uh, white men are targets now. Whereas uh, you know, if, if if you're black, you can almost listen. Case in point. Case in point. Jesse Jesse Smollett. <laughs> if Jesse just just let's just let's just put the shoe on the other foot I don't I I know you go I know I have people out there losing their minds right now especially black folks maybe losing their mind right now because they cannot believe that I am a black man saying what I'm about to say but I'm about to say this but Jesse Smollett is case in point of what I'm saying if Jesse had been a white man he would have been and he he is in some ways absolutely crucified by anyone who uh, would dare have given him the pass Uh, uh, there would have been such an outcry of him getting the type of pass that he got for lying double whammies black and gay yeah and so he's getting he's going to get paid he's going to still get paid even though they're taking him off the show he's still going to get paid for lying about a hate crime if a white man does the same thing That's not gay. You are going to be beaten with many, many stripes, my friend. Uh, I can tell you this as a black conservative, if, if I was if I was black, if I if I was if I was in Jesse Smollett's case and being being black, a black conservative. Like I am. Doing what Jesse Smollett did, oh, sh- they would have thrown me in jail. I'd be in jail. Not Jesse. Not Jesse. You see, Jesse Jackson came to his aid, uh, Michelle Obama came to his aid. Behind the scenes, I have no doubt that uh, Barack Obama came to his aid. Seeing how it is, Jussie is in the circle with the Obama girls. Yeah. He got a pass and he gets paid. So Joe Biden, speaking back in 1975... If he were to say the same things today, which he is not, well, Joe would be considered a conservative. Oh, he'd have to leave the Democrat Party saying what he's saying. He would be a Republican. In fact, uh, John Kennedy, uh, go all the way back to nineteen sixty. John Kennedy's saying the things that he's saying about cutting taxes and uh, deregulations and all that type thing. He'd be Donald Trump today. Both of them, by the way, not taking a salary from the government, from uh, uh, the American people. Because both of them using the principles that they embraced as far as understanding wealth. Both of them. Or were independently wealthy. At least their fathers made them that way. Joe Kennedy, John Kennedy's dad. Well, he made his money the old-fashioned way. He was a bootlegger. (laughs) And, of course, um, Donald Trump's dad. Well, in some cases many cases, other than the beautiful buildings and stuff that uh, they built, uh, well, some of those places are kind of slummy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they made money. And people did need a place to stay. And, of course, in John Kennedy's case, um, folks needed a drink during, during prohibition. Not mad at him. (laughs) It was the American way. Joe Biden, were you that person? Are you still that person now? Or was that just something that we got a glimpse of from your past, Joe? Did you evolve, Joe Biden, into thinking that somehow now you should take the blame for your father and grandfather? Have you evolved to think that now reparations for all that is a good thing? Folks, it does give us a glimpse into who the Democrat Party has become from 1975 up till now. If Joe Biden gets the nomination for president of the United States from his party, then you will see a Joe Biden who will have to be on an apology tour for what he said in 1975, even though he says he would be damned if he would make any apologies for that. He take responsibility for that, or pay a dime for anything that his parents did or his ancestors did. Joe, I agree with you. You shouldn't have to pay a dime for it. There's nothing you can do about the past. You were right in 1975, but Joe, you're wrong now. You are wrong uh, now. So I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. And when you throw Joe in with the Beto O'Rourke's, when you throw Joe in with the Kamala Harris's, Bernie Sanders, and all of them who said they would sign that reparation bill, Joe, I don't think the left wing of your party wants you to be president at all. And they certainly don't want you to have a nomination. You better believe me. We'll wrap it up. Home stretch When I return, C.L. Bryant's show. Don't go anywhere. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth leaving. So you clean. Stand up for America. Then, Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always the in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stay. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. There is something, finally, that I want to point out to you that Joe Biden said back in 1975 It brings all of this full circle. And as I was saying to you, I did not get smarter by sitting next to a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white kid when I was going to school. During when I were in the time of integration, I just did not. Joe Biden, again, I agree with you on what you said. And here's what he said. I quote the new integration plans being offered are just quota systems to, ins- to assure a certain number of blacks and Chicanos or whatever in each school. That to me is the most racist concept you can come up with. He said, now this is what I want you to hear. What it says is in order for your child with curly black hair, brown eyes and dark skin to be able to learn anything, he needs to sit next to my blonde haired, blue eyed son. That's racist. Joe, you're right. It is. Who the hell do we think we are? That the only way a black man or woman can learn is if they rub shoulders with my white child. Joe, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you were right back in 1975. You were right back in 1975. But you are absolutely wrong. In the year 2019. And Joe, you are the wrong man for the job now because your compass has shifted toward a socialist state. You see, back when Joe was saying this, the social engineers were already beginning to program our way of thinking Are you hearing me? They were beginning to program the way we would look at each other. And Joe Biden was calling them out on it. And I'm saying to you, Joe was right then. But Joe, somehow, (laughs) you went astray, Bo. You went astray. So, My friends, we have an election coming up, and you need to pay very close attention to who you vote for. You're going to have to not be lazy, you're going to have to dig into it. You're going to dig into it. You already know. Listen, you already know who you have. And I'm actually speaking now to those of you who may have been never Trumpers. You may be listening to Mitt Romney, and that is a mistake. (laughs) Uh, And and I certainly hope you're not listening to Nancy Pelosi or the Ocasio-Cortezes of this world. That would be a mistake. Kamala Harris is a uh, or, or, or Cory Booker's, Na- uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, that would be a mistake. Pocahontas, don't look in, don't listen to, to to Pocahontas. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. I think all of us are beginning to agree that, um, and even you young people out there, you're beginning to agree that listening to Bernie the first time was a mistake. And when I look back on it, in hindsight, which is 2020, when you look back on it now, I'm kind of glad that Hillary did what she did. (laughs) Because Hillary, even as crooked as she was and is, and that's going to be brought out here real soon because the real investigation is going to begin. Lindsey Graham's going to see to that. The real investigation is fixing to begin here as to why she took a hammer to her cell phones or blackberries. The real investigation is going to begin. But I'm glad Hillary uh, did what she did to Bernie because Bernie had the kind of momentum that very well may have defeated Donald John Trump. All I can say is ain't God good. (laughs) Ain't he good He put Hillary instead of Bernie up there because Bernie had big mo. He had momentum. And he very well may have beaten Donald John Trump. I just don't know. He was just such a breath of fresh air. But Bernie, you've gone stale now. It's time for you to sit down. So pay close attention to who you're voting for and what you're what you're doing. As far as uh, going into that voting booth in 2020, pay close attention. Now, used to be that politics was one of the most boring things for most Americans. I've always thought it was intriguing ever since I first saw. And I have to give uh, President Kennedy the credit for it because he was the first true uh, television president yeah all the other presidents um uh you know Eisenhower Truman, all them before Kennedy they were radio presidents, I mean you got these news reels of them, but Kennedy was in your living room, and uh for f- the the standards that we uh label as good looking and all this kind of stuff, you know he was good looking guy all right. And he made everybody interested in politics. And then, of course, he was tragically assassinated, murdered, slaughtered in the streets of Dallas, Texas. Uh, yeah, people were riveted to the television. And we've been television politicians, and politics has been a television um, phenomenon and deal ever since, Along came his brother, Bobby Kennedy, five years later, after 1963, running for president. He, too, was one of those uh, television figures that you could not take your eyes off of. Unfortunately, he did meet the same fate as his brother in, in a ballroom in the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, California. Never will forget it. The call that came uh, that night, um, it was about um, 10, 11 o'clock at night when a lady by the name, one of our church members from Galilee Baptist Church, our Lillian McAlpin was her name, never will forget. My mom uh, answers the phone. We were waiting on, in fact, we were waiting on dad to come home. My mom answers the phone, and my mom says in in this Not a shriek, but just alarm when Miss McAlpin told my mom that Bobby Kennedy had been killed, had been shot in Los Angeles. None of us could believe that that had happened again. But it was there on television. One thing I do is turn the television on, even though television uh, went off at 12 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock in some places. But it was on basically all night that night. Yeah. So we have reached the era where politics is not boring anymore. It is a blood sport that people like to engage in, people like to watch. And if you like the blood sport of politics, the way it is now. And and that's one of the reasons I have never uh, succumbed to running for office because, uh, you know, my first love is preaching the gospel. Not only sharing the good news of Jesus Christ around the country, but also infusing with that the good news of the nation that has been blessed from sea to shining sea, the good news of America. but, But politics, friends, for me, No, it's just too bloody. And you have to want to bloody, hurt, mangle other people in order to be a politician. Yeah, I've been approached many times to run for office. Won't do it. No, sir, no, ma'am. Not for me. So... We've come down now to uh, the end of the day. The William Barr hearings uh, concluded now as far as the Senate is concerned. And uh, the House of Representatives are like drowning people grasping for straws in their attempt to stay afloat. Yeah. Yeah. The Senate, the House of Representatives staffers, staffers, even though they may be attorneys, but they're staffers. They have been charged uh, with questioning Attorney General Barr. And I really don't know what that's all about or not the representative's who are duly elected to office are they not smart enough to question him themselves i understand that the staffers do the job yeah you you may elect a guy to office but those staffers who have been up there on the hill for a long time they really run the place and tell you the truth i really feel something ought to be done about these long-term staffers yeah you see when your congressman arrives on capitol hill the staffer knows one thing that they've been there for seven years 10 years 15 years the staffer knows they've been around a long time but your guy that you for two years or maybe six then he has gone So the staffers actually run stuff, just in case you didn't know. So pay attention. You pay attention so you'll know what's going on. As we continue to fight the good fight in defending this republic and keeping an inheritance for our children and their children's children all of this in order to maintain and bring about a more perfect union under the motto of in god we trust Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. And until I'm able to speak with you again, I'm CL and my heartfelt desire is that God would bless and keep you all. (music)
1: Timely, credible, thoughtful
0: discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty
1: Radio Network.